Good morning. I uh, pray that everyone had a good night's rest, and I just need to say a word of thanks for the invitation once again to be with you. Uh, over the years, I've had many occasions to visit the Mount. I wasn't an alumnus of the Mount, but uh, I always feel very much at home here, having brought uh, some of my students from St. Gregory the Great for visits uh, many years, and also having visited here when I was a seminarian visiting my diocesan brothers. So I'm glad to be back, and, and I always sense that the Mount is a very special place, and uh, a place of great recollection, which is evident in the demeanor that all of you have had uh, since we began uh, this day of renewal last evening. And so I, I thank you for that, and I just thank you for the very kind welcome that you've extended to me. Several weeks ago in his canonization homily, Pope Francis pointed out that St. Junipero Serra had a motto that he referred to and that inspired him throughout his life. My Spanish is terrible, it's worse than my Latin, so I'll just give it a shot and you have to forgive me for the pronunciation. You know the words, I'm sure. Siempre adelante. Siempre adelante. Keep moving forward. And sometimes there's a corollary attached. I don't know that if this was actually Junipero's or not, but uh, the corollary is nunca atrás, never turn back. Siempre adelante, nunca atrás. Last evening we talked about Junipero's sense of mission, and we already see this determination to keep moving forward in the mission that he embarked upon. He could have turned back many, many times. I don't know if I wouldn't have. The amazing thing is that he stayed the course. Junipero faced one obstacle after another. And of course, we see that in the lives of the saints all the time. But the thing is, he kept moving. He kept going forward. And he, he never did turn back from the path that he had set upon, the path that God had set him upon. It isn't widely discussed in biographical materials about Junipero. Some of the more detailed studies of him tell this, but he actually experienced considerable physical suffering throughout his missionary life. As you perhaps know from your own reading, Junipero had a very painful ulcerated leg. Some say it was caused by an insect bite during his travels through Mexico. Others surmise that it might even have been a, a form of cancer that he suffered with over the course of years. Whatever the case was, his journey wasn't easy. And he endured a constant type of physical discomfort, which he himself concealed as best he could. It's always good, my brothers, to remember the experience of the saints when we are tempted to get kind of wrapped up in our own discomforts, our own inconveniences. You know what it's like. If the food isn't great on a particular day, we might feel a little indignant. If we're asked to put some extra time into a house duty or extra reading that's asked of us, 
we might feel a little bit put upon now and then. If we're corrected by those in authority, we can feel misunderstood and, and perhaps even get kind of defensive about it. If the phone rings in the rectory when we're busy or when it's our day off or after hours, then we can feel harassed. You know, there's lots of ways that we can imagine ourselves to be aggrieved or begin to feel a little bit sorry for ourselves. And this isn't just true of seminarians. I'm sure you know it's true of priests and, yes, bishops as well. Saints like Junipero Serra show us the need for fortitude, for courage, as we set out on the mission that God has placed before us. They tell us, Junipero specifically tells us, keep moving forward. Don't let the little mishaps and annoyances of the day get in the way of the, the mission that God has entrusted to us. Keep your eyes on the big picture. And when sufferings do come our way, they may very well be part of God's plan. You never know. They can become a path to greater sanctity if we embrace them and return them to God. You know, our Lord's greatest moment of love, St. Bonaventure tells us, was when he mounted the cross. And we are never in deeper communion with him than when we join our own sufferings to his, out of love for him and for his church. They don't have to be big sufferings. They don't have to be life-endangering issues. Sometimes it's just the little stuff, the day-to-day -day challenges that we face. You know, Paul tells us a whole litany of the hardships, the sufferings that he experienced on his missions, and you know them well, I'm sure. He was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was beaten, he was flogged, he was imprisoned, and on and on and on, until finally he was even beheaded in Rome. Whenever I read this account of his ordeals, I'm a little ashamed of myself. You know, Paul just tells us. He doesn't complain about them. He just tells, them, tells us about them, tells us what they are. I'm a little embarrassed when I read through those because I know that I complain about such little things, that I'm impatient over such trifles. There's real sacrifice in following the Lord, but it becomes pure grace if we allow it to be. St. Junipero shows us that suffering shouldn't be a deterrent. And he gives us the best advice possible. Keep moving forward. Coraggio, fortitude. Keep moving forward. Don't allow the hardships that come your way to divert you from the goal of serving our Lord. You, just a side note, you may have read this book already. One book that I guess I would just kind of recommend is called Men of Brave Hearts by Archbishop Jose Gomez uh, from Los Angeles. He wrote it when he was, I think when he was still in San Antonio seven or eight years ago. 
It's a marvelous book. It's, it's not a particularly long book. But he really gives, a, I think, a beautiful exposition of the need for courage, especially in the priesthood, the need for fortitude. So again, I, I just throw that out to you. Men of Brave Heart by Archbishop Gomez. You know, there's another kind of deterrent that we face as well. We can become distracted in so many ways, perhaps by our own weaknesses and sinfulness. I'm sure there isn't a, a single person in this chapel who hasn't struggled mightily with sin, and maybe even with serious sins. It might at times be a temptation to look at those sins, at our own sinfulness, our own weakness, and think, I'm just not cut out for this. But you know, God has been calling sinners since day one. Think of Peter. Think of Paul. Think of Augustine and so many, many others. A couple of years ago, soon after he was elected, Pope Francis did an interview with a journalist, and the journalist asked him kind of a, a, a point-blank question. He said, who is Jose Maria Bergoglio? And you might remember the Pope's answer. He didn't hesitate. He said, he is a sinner. He is a sinner in need of God's mercy. Aren't we all? The danger is to let our sinfulness paralyze us, to keep us from moving forward in response to God's call. You know, the evil one wants nothing more than to convince us that we can't get past our sins or a particular sin, that we aren't up to the job, that, that we're just stuck where we are. He wants us to stay stuck in our sins, or at least in the idea of our sins. But Junipero says to us, siempre adelante, keep moving forward. Give those sins to God and his mercy. Do your best. Leave them behind and keep going. Now, I don't mean to say that our sins are unimportant or trivial because they matter a great deal. We know this. But the thing is, they matter far less than the call that we have received from God. They matter far less than God's power and desire to forgive and to heal us and to restore us to grace. And they should never keep us from advancing along the way that God has invited us to travel. Even in our own prayer, in our own very personal spiritual relationship with God, we can occasionally stall out and wonder if it's worth the effort. We've all, I'm sure, experienced some times of aridity, of dryness in our prayer, or maybe even a downright uh, distaste for prayer. But even then, our Lord is urging us on. He calls us to come into his presence and to simply offer ourselves even if no words, no sentiments seem to come to mind or, or from our hearts. There's a simple prayer in 
being in the presence of our Lord. Remember last evening, I commented on this a little bit. I said, the Holy Spirit literally sends us into God's presence, even when we're a bit reluctant to pray. When we think of something else we'd rather do, or when we're wondering if it's worth the time or the effort. The Holy Spirit is impelling us, sending us into the temple, the Holy of Holies, into God's presence. And you know of all the saints, I'm sure, who struggled in their personal prayer lives. You've probably read their, their stories. Teresa of Avila speaks of her 18 years of spiritual dryness. John of the Cross and his dark nights. Therese of Lisieux, in the last couple of years of her life, said she had only faith to hang on to. Nothing else came to her in prayer. Teresa of Calcutta. I don't know if anybody here has ever had the chance to meet Bishop Curlin. He's the um, retired bishop of Charlotte, North Carolina, I think. And he told a story once. He used to give spiritual direction to some of Mother's, Mother Teresa's sisters. And he knew Mother Teresa quite well personally. And he was giving a retreat to her sisters, I believe. This, I heard this many, many years ago when he was giving a retreat to us. But uh, he was giving a retreat to her sisters. And during a time of extended prayer, they were all there in the chapel. Mother herself was there too. And she, she wrote a little note and handed it to Bishop then Monsignor Curlin. And on the note it just said, Where is God? Through her life, much of her life, she, she struggled to sense the presence of God near to her. But she kept going, didn't she? She never turned back. She believed. She trusted. She persevered. All these saints and, and many others besides knew that whatever consolation or desolation came to them in prayer, they had to keep going, never doubting God's love for them or his real presence in their lives. They continued to pray, and my brothers, so must we. We might also be tempted to settle at times for the shortcut, mediocrity, for doing just enough to get by. Whether it's in prayer or study or homily preparation or, you know, the time that I spend with my parishioners, God is always calling upon us to give our best, to do our utmost, to do all that we can out of love for his people. Siempre adelante. Keep moving forward. Mediocrity or half-heartedness is, is never the way of the saints. Never the way of the saints. It certainly wasn't the way of the Lord himself. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says, Would that you were hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I spew you out of my mouth. Lukewarmness sets us on a short path towards retreat and decline. The spiritual life, as you know, we're never really standing still, are we? We're either moving forward or we're slipping back. 
And I would suggest that the same could be true in our pastoral lives. Those of you who have become more engaged already in the pastoral work of parishes of the church, perhaps you sense this as well. As pastors of the church, I'll address you that way already. As pastors of the church, we can at times convince ourselves that we've done enough, that it's really not necessary for us to exert ourselves further or cause ourselves any kind of upsetment or worry. But my brothers, that notion is kind of hard to reconcile with the fact that there is a huge multitude of people out there who don't even know Christ yet, much less have a relationship with him and his church. They wait for us. They wait for you. We can't relax our efforts while there are so many waiting to hear the gospel or waiting to simply see it lived. I don't mean to sound Pelagian here. I know full well that it's God's grace that brings about conversion and redemption. But you know, he chooses to work through the likes of you and me to bring conversion about in the hearts of others. He chooses to depend on us to be his instruments of grace. St. Teresa of Avila had a, a very famous poem that you might know from a contemporary song. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. We are his presence among our brothers and sisters in so many ways. And there's a certain urgency, I think, to the mission that we've received. And we, we must give our all for those who, by God's plan, depend on us to give them Jesus. They wait for us. They wait for us. Our Lord urges us to keep striving, to keep moving forward out of love, not just out of duty, not just to get noticed, but simply out of love. Never settle for half measures. St. Unipero certainly didn't, nor did any of the saints. And of course, the vision of Christ upon the cross is before our eyes all the time. As he gave everything he had to give, now he asks us, to do the same. And that takes fortitude, it takes courage, which the Spirit freely gives us. You know, we live in a culture that is increasingly secularized and skeptical of matters of faith. Not so long ago, there was a presumption in favor of faith. But now, there's a growing bias against faith or at least against what is sometimes called organized religion. I always laugh when I hear that term. Organized religion. I've never seen anything less organized than religion. <laughs> I just read an opinion column in the newspaper in Fargo that makes the case that states 
with higher levels of religious practice are more violent. And nations around the world with more religiosity are more violent. It's the secular states and nations that are more peaceful. Well, the incompleteness of his argument just kind of left me sputtering. I, I couldn't believe it even got printed, but it was. And the amazing thing is that this line of thinking is considered reasonable and believable by many people. And it's catching on. And you've probably seen it just as much as I have. This idea that religion is bad for the culture. It's bad for society. And in this cultural uh, climate, we're often faced with indifference, a lack of interest, or a lack of results. Maybe some of you have experienced this. You can prepare an RCIA class or some sort of a, uh, a Lenten program, and a handful of people show up. Maybe the same ones who always show up. We can sponsor events, and there's little interest. I suppose that might happen sometimes here at the university as well. In the face of indifference, it's not always like that, by the way. Sometimes you're overrun with crowds, so it depends. But in the face of indifference, it is easy to become a little bit discouraged or to wonder whether it's worth making the effort, whether it's worth putting in the time. My brothers, the short answer is yes, it is worth it. It's worth every minute, it's worth every ounce of energy that we put in. Keep moving forward. Jesus wasn't really all that interested in numbers. That wasn't the criterion that he used in continuing his mission. In fact, he faced his own attrition rate after preaching the Bread of Life discourse. You remember it, I'm sure. John tells us that many left him and returned to their former way of life. He didn't stop them. Keep in mind that God often works through a handful of people. And he can bring about great things through just a few followers. Even that small group, that core group that, that comes and, and hears what the church has to offer can be a leaven in the wider society. Blessed John Henry Newman observed, he, he had a little comment on the power of the few. He observed that it's indeed a general characteristic of the course of God's providence to make the few the channels of his blessings to many. It's plain that every great change is affected by the few, not by the many, but the resolute, undaunted, zealous few. One or two people of small outward pretensions, but with their hearts in their work, these can do great things. So we might think of ourselves as too few to make a difference. Nonsense. Jesus started with 12. When just a handful come to various events and offerings of the church, we might be disappointed and think it's not worth the trouble. Again, nonsense. Because they themselves can take the message, can take the grace with them, and impact many, many others. 
no matter how many seem to respond, we, my brothers, need to persevere and keep going. Keep offering what Jesus has given to us. The gospel and the grace of redemption. Some will accept it gladly and and some will turn their backs on it. But that's what makes it worth the effort. Those few that accept it and say yes and take it to others. I'm sure you know the story of the North American martyrs, St. Isaac Jogues, St. Jean de Berbeuf, and, and the others. You know, their, their sufferings were heroic. But they didn't really seem to accomplish all that much, you might say, in their earthly ministry. Their, they, only, they only really had moderate success in bringing about conversions among the native tribes that they worked among. Their success wasn't limited to their own time, was it? It extends even beyond their earthly lives, centuries later. By returning again and again to share the gospel with the natives, even after they had endured great, great suffering, they give us a powerful example of zeal of love, of courage. And the stories of their martyrdoms still inspire us hundreds of years later. They weren't deterred by apparent lack of success. It's not that they didn't bring about any conversions. They did. God worked through them. But they, they weren't stopped by what seemed to be less than a a rousing success. They kept coming back. They kept going back. Their love moved them to press on, to keep going to those who seemed to reject them. And in God's eyes, they became the witnesses that he wanted them to be. St. Junipero also experienced setbacks. And sometimes he saw his native brothers and sisters Walk away from the missions. You know, we're encouraged. We're kind of dazzled by the stunning successes of his missions. But we shouldn't forget the times when he had to backtrack and regroup. Even when that happened, though, he always kept moving forward. And he trusted in the power of God to bring grace to his people. And in the end, as we know, Many, many thousands were added to the roles of the faithful, and the faith was firmly planted in the western part of our country. So my brothers, I think we can all learn from the fortitude and drive of the saints, especially of St. Junipero Serra. So whether you're relatively new in formation for the priesthood, or even a seasoned veteran on the threshold of holy orders, or a priest many years, or a bishop, we all need to place ourselves in the strong hands of our Lord and keep moving forward. Siempre adelante. Amen.